welcome to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. This is Pastor Marco Salinas, and in today's episode, I want to talk to you about the great incentive. In Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31, a scribe approaches Jesus and he asks him this question, which is the first commandment of all? In verse 29, Jesus answered him and says, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it, and it's this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. You see, being a disciple or follower of Jesus doesn't require you to have a rank or title, no. Being a disciple means that you are using whatever influence you have in the lives of others to move them to become more like Jesus Christ themselves. Because being a disciple of Jesus has to do with whether others will choose to move in the direction, and that is towards God, that you yourself have exemplified by your actions and by your life. And so, in today's podcast, I want to talk to you about loving and caring for others well, because this leadership principle and truth remains that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You see, understand that more than your words can do, others will be incentivized and others will be motivated themselves to follow Jesus and to move closer to becoming like Him, in other words, becoming a disciple, by the way that you show them that you love and that you care for them. There's examples of of being incentivized in the business world where certain behaviors are incentivized in order to reach the end result. And that's normally numbers. And so if you hit your goal, you'll get your bonus. Well, we also disincentivize people. Uh, if, If we don't like that certain behavior, we threaten them with punishment. Parents understand this concept where we... Uh, we tell them, well, wait till your father gets home or uh, you will award your child gold stars or, t- or treats or extra screen time. We incentivize certain behavior and we disincentivize other behavior. Now, understand that this also happens naturally within us as God's creation. Love and trust and joy, fulfillment, excitement, These are all feelings given to us from God that incentivize us to cooperate with His perfect will and direction for our lives. You see, He he wants us to be saved and to be fruitful on this earth, so He creates within us emotional attachments to the things that please Him and negative emotion towards the things that displease Him. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 say, do not be anxious. That's that's an emotion. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And listen, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. That's the seat of your emotions and your minds in Christ Jesus. Talking about emotions here and how they incentivize us or disincentivize us towards the things that God wants for our lives. Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow, there's that emotion, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. 
God uses our emotions to lead us towards things that are within His will. And finally, in Romans 2 and 4, or do you show content for the riches of His kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing, listen, that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. So God uses our emotions to incentivize us towards the pathways and will that He wants for our lives and also uses emotions to disincentivize us when we're living a life that is unpleasing to Him. So God has given us the wonderful gift of emotions in order to recognize and be incentivized towards His perfect will for our lives. Now, when this comes to serving others and leading others to Christ, I want you to imagine for a moment living in a highly emotional and volatile state of mind where fear, anxiety, stress, and hopelessness rule. Now, you don't have to search too far to realize that this is the climate of our nation, of our state, of our city, of our neighborhoods. Now, imagine not realizing that the sorrow that you are facing is God reaching for you to repent, or that the cure for your anxiety is found in a peace that only a loving God can provide as you seek Him. So, who will show them the way? Whose life will motivate and incentivize others to follow Jesus? The answer, my brother, my sister, the answer is you. You are God's living letters. And it's not written with ink, but written with the Spirit of God who lives inside of you. So as believers, we must exemplify to others with our lives that we are following both of the greatest commandments to love God and to love others. You see, understand that we should be incentivized to love well because God has loved us perfectly. And God uses believers in incentivizing others to become followers of Jesus Christ themselves. 2 Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ and through us, through us, spreads and makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Him. So, how do I love others well? How do we love others well? I'll say it again. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We see this in the story of the Good Samaritan, of David and Jonathan, and certainly the love that God has for us. And so let's examine the longest standing institution on earth in our society. That's the family unit. We love, we protect, we encourage, and we challenge those in our family. This is also what it looks like to be in God's family. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 encourages us to build each other up. Romans 12.10 says, Having kindly affection one for another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. You see, your role in leading and loving others in relationship has never been more vital than it is today in our culture. Because accountability never happens between an institution and a person. Accountability only happens in the context of relationship. I'll say that again. Accountability never happens between an institution and a person. Accountability only happens in the context of a relationship. You see, the lock on the back door of the church 
that so many have walked out of is in your hands. No more, now more than ever, we must understand that we must love the unsaved and that we are ultimately better together. Hello, Spirit and Truth family, and welcome to another episode of our Spirit and Truth podcast. This is Pastor Marco Salinas, and I pray that you will be blessed by today's word. In Acts 27 and in Jonah 1, we find a story of two pivotal Bible characters, Paul and Jonah. Both of these individuals were faced with a stormy tempest a raging sea on the destination that God inevitably had for both of their lives. But we see two different reactions. I'm reading from Acts chapter 27 and verse 34. This is a response that Paul had in the middle of the storm while they were on a boat together. He said, now I urge you, he's speaking to those on the boat with him. I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. That was Paul. Now let's look at Jonah while he was on the stormy tempest on a boat. In Jonah 1 and 5, it reads that all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. In today's podcast, I want to ask you the simple question. Do you make your boat better? There is arguably nothing worse than being seasick on a boat without relief or comfort or having a feeling of hopelessness in your situation and no sign of land approaching. I've been there before. I've been seasick. I don't have my sea legs. And so there's nothing like being seasick on a boat without land in sight. And it's in situations like this that you need a good captain to get the ship to shore and get you out of the mess that you are in. Now, I would argue that no one wants to face a stormy sea with a captain on his first voyage or someone that is a novice. Someone timid and scared and unsure of what the stormy tempest would bring about in their lives and in the lives of those on their ship, their passengers. But give me a seasoned captain. It means someone with great resolve and a resolute determination that no matter what happens, we'll make it through this storm and we'll make it to land and we're going to be safe. Our scripture context, we find a contrast between Paul and Jonah on their boat. Both men were called of God. One was running from God's purpose as a free man, Jonah, and one was running towards God's purpose as a prisoner, Paul. Both men were on a boat. Both were in trouble on the high seas, but both had two very different responses. And here's the bottom line when it comes to this story in this podcast. One made their boat better, and the other made their boat suffer. One provided care for those on his boat, and the other was careless with those 
on his boat. And although Jonah was on the wrong boat, both boats inevitably carried both men towards God's purpose. You see, their boat represented God's purpose and direction for their lives. And every single one of us are on a boat of God's purpose. And there are people that are on our boat, namely our families and those that we have influence with, our friends, co-workers. Now here's the big question. Do you make your boat and the people on your boat better? Do you lean into providing clarity to God's purpose for your life and in the lives of your family? Or do you cause confusion and carelessness? Do you make those around you better? Do you, because of your faith, provide a sense of security and stability to your family and those closest to you on the road of God's purpose? You see, it's important that we understand that our response to the ebb and flow of life, the high tide, the low tide, the calm sea, the stormy sea, will show a vitally important message to those around us. Our response to that is so important. It will show whether we trust God or we lack faith and do not trust God. Because be sure that the storms of life will come. Financial crisis, health problems, shattered hopes, strained marriages, disappointments, foreclosure, bankruptcy, cancer, unemployment. All these things, some of these things may come into your life. And that is why we need a good captain at the helm of our ship, of our lives. You see, Paul encouraged those on his boat. He said, eat, he said, regain your strength. And then he made a bold statement in the middle of the storm. He said, because none of you today will lose your life. In fact, he said, none of you will lose even a single hair from your head. He made his boat better by providing confidence in God's purpose and having faith in God while in the middle of the storm. Remember that the boat represent, represents God's purpose. He then said, except ye abide in the boat, you cannot be saved. In other words, except we stay in God's will, and unless we encourage others that are on our boat, our family, our closest friends, to remain in God's will and purpose, be the voice of reason. We've got to stay in God's purpose. We have to stay in God's will and we will make it through the storm, we will be saved. In contrast, with the concern of the, the mariners on Jonah's boat, Jonah's reaction was amazing. It was completely different than Paul's. He didn't provide a sense of security. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jonah went below deck and fell asleep. He was undisturbed by the storm's tossing of the ship. Ironically, a pagan ship captain had to call a man of God to prayer. You see, Paul made his boat better, but Jonah's lack of faith and trust and obedience to the purpose of God in his life made his boat worse. The Titanic was a technological marvel of her age. It was the ultimate symbol of mankind's genius, his victory over the elements and a symbol of hope for the new century. It contained millionaires and penniless immigrants. The rich from New York and London, the poor from every corner of Europe, men and women who were capable of facing death calmly, and others who would do anything to stay alive. 
The men of first, second, and third class on Titanic shared only this. In every class, the majority of them died. They said goodbye to their families and waited for death. Those men from every part of the ship, waving goodbye to the women and children from the deck of the Titanic, feels like the last act of a losing age of chivalry. Courage was everywhere that night. Some wives refused to leave their husbands and died with them. The band in their life jackets played as the Titanic went down. But there was cowardice too, and desperate self-preservation. Bruce Ismay, chairman of Titanic's owners, White Star Line, slipped into a lifeboat when there were still women and children on board. Ishmael did not look back to see the Titanic sink beneath the waves, and he was scorned as a coward for the remaining 25 years of his life. Daniel Buckley, a third-class passenger, slipped into a lifeboat by wearing a woman's shawl, the only evidence of the legend that some men fled the Titanic disguised as women. And when Titanic was gone, and a thousand voices screamed in agony in the, in the sub-zero waters of the Atlantic, those in the lifeboats lashed out at them with oars. The terror of being capsized by them and dying was overwhelming. And Captain Edward Smith, who legend has dying alone on the bridge, was seen by fireman Harry Sr. in the waters after the sinking of the Titanic, holding a child up with his last breath, while others claim he was seen freezing in the Black Sea yet still urging lifeboats on and saying he would follow his ship down. The Titanic witnessed mankind at its selfish worst and at its very best. The bottom line for believers today is that your family needs a good captain steering the boat of God's purpose for their lives. Choose today to make your boat and the people on it better.